Hello, hello, and welcome to the Your Latina Mentor podcast with your host, Isabel Restrepo, or Isabel Restrepo, as I got used to saying growing up in Minnesota so that people would understand me. And that's actually a perfect example highlighting what this podcast is all about, where I'll be sharing experiences, tools, and resources to navigate what it means to be a woman, a Latina, an immigrant, and everything in between what I like to call this human experience. Part of the inspiration for this podcast is also that I didn't have a Latina mentor growing up, and I wish that some of the things that I'm going to share with you, somebody would have shared with me. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome. Hello to today's episode of this podcast, and I want to caveat a little bit that I have a feeling some of this is going to come out in Spanish, some of this is going to come out in English, and it'll just be a mix of both. Um, I'm also living in the city now, so you might hear some background noises, but that's just that's just the way the world works, right? <laughs> so today's episode, I really wanted to talk about what my experience has been being a feminist, considering myself a feminist, if we have to put a label on it, in a very machista culture. So I'm currently living in Colombia for a large part of my life. I lived in the United States um, and I've seen kind of these differences between the two in terms of economic inequality, in terms of social uh, differences, um, even just identifying as a feminist, whether I'm in Colombia or not, um, and what are these different, you know, all of the differences that I kind of experience on a day-to-day in conversations with family members, with friends, um, experiences of just like going to the store or walking down the street and how that all kind of intertwine. And so, Um, I want to start off by defining what feminism is, um, which is really this movement that's advocating for women's social, political, legal, and economic rights to be equal to those of men. And of course, now, like, I never hear ambulances or sirens. So I'm sorry if you can hear that. But of course, the moment I turn this on to record, the city just activates full force. So anyway, as we talk about feminism and the reason why this subject has really called to me is because I've had a few conversations within the last few days that just keep coming up. They just keep coming up and it's like, okay, I got to let this out. I got to talk about this. So, um, one instance that really comes out to mind is that I was attending this event, um, for macrame. Now I don't know how to say macrame. I don't know how to say that in English where you're weaving things with your hands. Um, and anyway, one of the women there, she was saying how great it was to have this space for women to come together, to share time together, to share wisdom, to share, um, you know, she's teaching us something and we each had a little bit of something to share and how just like, how really great it was that we were allowing ourselves to take time for ourselves to do something different, to do something new, um, in this space that she had created. And she made this comment about like, well, it's not like I'm a feminist and 
it later I was like, wait a second, like, what does that mean? How is this term being used here in Colombia versus, um, what I'm used to, you know, when I'm in the States, it's like, yeah, of course I'm a feminist. Yes, of course I want, um, equal, equal rights to those as men. Yes, of course I want everyone to have equal rights and access to different, um, opportunities and wages and just being able to express myself in a room. So I was really thrown off by that. And later I asked her, you know, what, what did she mean by that? And she was saying, um, that, well, one, she doesn't really like labels. And two is that sometimes here, when we think of, and here, I mean, in Colombia, when we think of feminism or being a feminist, it's like radical feminism where it's like, oh no, I don't need you to pay for anything. No, like women are better. And it's kind of taken this, um, I feel like such an extreme approach to what we're trying to, um, what we're really trying to get at. Right. So when I think of, of rights, I mean, I'm thinking about, uh, women earning the same amount as a man. So if you don't know this women, Latinas on average are earning 57 cents for every dollar paid to a white non-Hispanic man, according to the National Women's Law Center. That is wild to me. And of course, it really depends on the industry, the job, but that has barely moved. That pay gap has barely moved in 30 years. That to me is wild. That is wild to me. Latinas are losing 1.1 million over their careers to this pay gap. So when I say, yeah, I'm a feminist, it's yeah, I want to be paid the same amount as a white man, as anyone else to be doing the same exact job, right? Or even, um, it wasn't until 1974 that the Equal Credit Opportunity Act was passed in the United States. Up until that point, banks required single, widowed, or divorced women to bring a man along to co-sign any credit application, regardless of their income. They would also discount the value of those wages when considering how much credit to grant by as much as 50%. And that just blows my mind. 1974, that seems like not too long ago. And yes, we can do the math and that's almost 50 years, but in 1974, that's not that long ago. Like that is not that long ago. So when I say, heck yeah, I'm a feminist. Heck yes, I want the same opportunities, the same rights, the same laws to be applicable to not just women, but everybody. That's what I'm referring to. And then we start really, it starts to get really interesting when we think about the social aspect of it. So while I do consider myself a feminist, if I'm going on a date with somebody Let's say I am a um, heterosexual woman. So if I'm going on a date with a man, yeah, I want them to pay for me on the first dinner. And especially if that's a white man I'm dating because damn, they're making way more money than me just by doing the same job. And I laugh a little bit because 
that that does run through my mind. Like I do, I have thought about that on a date where it's like, yes, I can pay for my own dinner, but of course, if you're trying to woo me or whatever, like, yes, I want you to pay for my dinner. And and we've really talked about that in my family, just like as a topic of conversation lately has been like, um, okay, so let's say that you go on a date with somebody, but then they're like half and half and you have the older generation. I'm talking 60 plus. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe that that's even a question. Like, of course the man is going to pay for, for dinner. Like, I can't believe that. Like how awful for your generation that that's even a thing. Um, and then we talked to my younger cousin who's in his, you know, mid twenties and he's saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm in Colombia, but like, it depends on the woman. So if I'm dating another Colombian woman, you know, she expects me to pay for the bill. But if I'm dating, let's say someone from Germany, they will be offended if I try to pay for the bill. And so I just find it so interesting that there's also these elements of quote unquote, like equality, but not so much. I mean, in Colombia, I'm talking machismo is everywhere. Like women, it's like, it's so ingrained in the culture for there to be jokes, to put women down. So many comments that are like, oh no, I hate, you know, women bosses. Just like women can't drive, all of these things. It is so ingrained in the culture. Even like women themselves are saying these jokes and it drives me insane. So I find it so interesting that while Germany probably does not have this, you know, to the extent of machismo that Colombia does. I mean, we're talking black and white here, like very different cultures, but then you have women who are like, no, no, I'll pay for my dinner. I'm offended if you try to like, if you try to do that for me, but then here you have me that's somewhere in the middle of like, no, like I would, yeah, like this is my time. I know we're both in this together, but there is this element of like, of, of wooing. And I'm not saying that they always have to pay for, for things because I can contribute to the relationship in a different way, or I contribute to it monetarily in a, in a, in a different way later. So as we're talking about this, we're talking about like, um, okay, so if you're going to pay for dinner, do you do the like reach in the, you know, reach for the wallet just to like, pretend like you're going to pay and, the younger, the younger generation, my cousins and I, so we're talking mid twenties, uh, mid thirties. We're like, okay, yeah, now, yes, there is kind of this understanding that the, that the guy in the relationship is, or, you know, the guy that's taking you out on the date, he's going to pick you up. He's going to take you out. He's going to be the one paying. And we're not talking, you know, it doesn't have to be a lavish dinner. It can be like, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go, you know, drink coffee and walk in the park. You know, that, that doesn't require a lot of money, but it's kind of like the, el detalle, that it's the detail, it's the intention behind the outing. And so I would say that, you know, my generation's kind of, or at least in my cousins and the small sphere of my family unit, we're like, no, like, sure, you, you can, you know, pretend like you're going to pay, but, but then you give the opportunity to the guy to, to be like, no, no, you know, I'll get this. And of course I'm talking very heteronormative, very, um, you know, 
man and woman situation because that's that's all I can speak to. That's what my experience has been. And so um, it's just been really funny to kind of see these reactions, especially from the older generations of like, oh no, like how awful that you have to even pretend to like pay for dinner. And I would love to, you know, if you're listening to this, I would love to hear what your experience has been, especially if you're outside of Colombia or outside of the United States, what your experience has been with all of that. And, um, you know, there is an element of like, yes, I can open my own door, but yeah, if you want to open it for me, that's great. Like there isn't, uh, when I think about feminism, it's not like, oh, I'm better or they're just different, you know, masculine and feminine, well, now I'm talking about archetypes and energy. You can be a very masculine woman or a very feminine man, but I'm saying like, there's just a difference. But when I talk about equality, it's yes, I want to be paid the same. Yes. I want to be able to walk down the street and not be nervous if I'm the only woman. That's, that's also something that I really, really have been noticing lately. So I live pretty close to a park. Um, and so I take my dog Lucas and we go on walks there. And I was there the other day and, and I'm noticing, I'm like, wow, like men are the ones who are taking up space. They are the ones in public places. They are the ones that are, can just be freely there in the park without thinking, oh man, I seem to be the only woman walking around here. And that's just something that I really notice. Um, and it's like, I'm talking about in the middle of the day, of course, like if it's a little bit later, I do, I I don't want to go to the park by myself because I don't want to be the only woman walking around. Um, or there's always this park that I drive by and it seems to be, there's a lot of motorcycles here in Medellin and it seems to be that, um, people that are, you know, driving their motorcycles, they stop at this park. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, okay, 95% of the people out here, they're men. And if I see any woman, it's usually in the company of a man. And I just find that to be so fascinating that even today in 2022, in a quote unquote, you know, if we're more progressive and yes, this is a third world country and whatever, but if we are, um, kind of wanting to be this equal, yes, I can pay for myself. Yes. I want to be respected, but yet the places that women are inhabiting spaces, it's not always in a public place. And I just find that to be such a disconnect. Um, I don't know if I was this aware of it when I lived in the United States, especially because I lived in really large cities. So like in New York, there's people walking around everywhere or in LA. Well, a lot of people don't seem to be walking because it's just, you have to get from point A to B and there's a lot of long distances sometimes, and it's not a very walkable city for the most part. I mean, of course, if you have downtown, then it's a little bit more accessible. Um, but anyway, I digress. So even when I'm thinking about inhabiting just public spaces, it really throws me off that 
a lot of it is is con- is inhabited by men. And I'll give you an example, another example of like little things that happened that I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily correct. Like this isn't, this doesn't feel right. So I was at a coffee shop and um, I was finished with my order and, you know, I had sat down, I had, uh, you know, consumed my coffee and my little pastry or whatever, and it was time for me to go. So I asked for the check and they were kind of taking a while and I needed to, I needed to be somewhere. So I got up and I'm, I go to the register and I'm like, Hey, I've asked for my bill. Like I really need to get going. And then like two seconds later, this older gentleman comes up. He, I'm so bad at guessing ages, but maybe in like his fifties or sixties, he like comes up and he's like, he like says hello to me. And then he hands the, the woman on the other side of the counter, his bill. And he was like, Hey, like I need to pay this. And just like completely like jumped in line. I'm like, you don't see me standing here. Like what the heck? And then, and then she got him the bill first. And I was like, I was fuming. I was so mad. I was just like, well, one, what a rude dude, because he just totally ignored me standing there. Just like, Hey, whatever, like you're there, but I don't care. I need to go in this, like, like just so assertive. And then the woman, which I'm like, Hey, you're supposed to be on my team. She checks him out first and he like gives him his change and stuff. And I was just like, I was frozen because I, in those moments, sometimes I'm just like, is this really happening? Like, you don't see me standing here. I, I literally just asked you for the bill so I can pay it to you. Like, what the heck? And then, and then she, but I would like, then she gives me the bill after she's, you know, check this other guy out first. But I, it's little things like that, that I'm like, how is that? Okay. How is that? Like, uh, okay way to to live but it's so ingrained it's so ingrained that I don't even know if she's processing this if he's processing this or if I'm just in my own little world like what the heck and later I was like oh I should have said you know we're women we need to stick together how are we gonna fight the patriarchy if we can't even do a small thing like this but clearly in the moment I didn't have the words and she would have been like okay this lady I don't even know how to respond (laughs) or maybe she would have been like yeah you're right I'm sorry I don't know I have no idea how she was gonna respond but I didn't have the words in the moment I was just like too upset and I was in a hurry but it's little things like that. Or if I walk down the street, this used to be really bad. Like the cat calling. Now it's, it's eased up way like a lot more. Um, but it used to be really bad when I was younger and I would come to, when I would come to visit my family in Medellin and even just like walking down the street, um, you'd get cat called all the time. And thankfully it's gotten a lot better but it depends on the city. So I was in Cartagena a few years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, I think this was, and I was meeting a male friend, but the first day I got there earlier. And so I was walking around the city by myself and man, the cat calls everywhere. Like just everyone had something to say. And then the next day I go out with him and we're walking around the city. Nobody's saying anything to me now that I'm accompanied by a man. And I just, I really have a hard time with that. (laughs) Like I, 
it's just one of those things that I'm like, okay, that's how we're going to play. Or, or sometimes if they say something and I say something back to them, it's, there's also this fear of like, I don't know how they're going to react. Are they going to get up and continue to harass? Are they going to get up and do something? And there's always this hesitation of like, okay, how do I handle the situation? And sometimes it's hard to just like ignore it because it's like, if I, if I just ignore it, then it's kind of saying that that's okay. But then if I'm by myself, depending on the time of the day, depending how I'm feeling, sometimes I'll say something and then sometimes I won't. But again, like going back, like how, how do we make those changes? How do I talk about wanting to be treated fairly in a space where it's so ingrained even the jokes oh tienes buena mano ya puedes cocinar y bueno ya te ya eres buena candidata para para casarte and that translates to like oh you can you've got a good hand like you can you can cook like you're you're good to get married now and it's like oh no honey no like that's not <laughs> that's not necessarily what I'm Like, I just, if that's the reason why they're going to marry me, then, like, I feel sorry for them because, no, see, oh, my gosh, even me just now, I was going to make a joke because I'm like, well, they're going to have a hard time because I don't always cook. Oh, my God. See, it's so ingrained and it's so easy to fall into it that even I was just going to make a joke about it. Like, that just blows my mind. And I, and When those moments come up, I try to have a dialogue with myself and with my family members because I don't want to keep repeating and regurgitating the same crap. And so, for example, we were at a family gathering once and there were mariachis. So mariachis, um, they come and they play music. And I mean, this was a big group. I want to say it was like 10 of them. There were 10 guys and one woman and someone at the party was a little too drunk and was just like a little too annoying with the woman and kept on flirting with her. And I was like, no, like get away from her, like leave her alone. Like you don't want to be the like el viejo verde, which is like the creepy old dude that's hitting on, hitting on people. Like you don't want to do that. That's not cool. And, and then I thought to myself the next day, I was like, on one hand, she has nine other male coworkers and they're not doing anything. Then you have other men at the party and no one's stopping the guy that was doing this. I'm the only one trying to stop the situation. And my sister, actually, my sister was also there and she was trying to stop him. And it's like, that shouldn't happen. So as we were talking about that the next day, and I was kind of like venting to my family of like, what the heck? Like, that's not cool. We can't have that. And one of my aunts was like, well, that's her job. And I said, no, her job is to go sing. Her job is to entertain and sing the songs and get everyone excited about the party. Her job is not to have to deal with drunk guys at the party who are just like too intense. That is not her job. And everyone was just so silent. And I was like, you see, this is a really machista culture. None of the guys were doing anything. Like if this happens next time, I really invite all of you guys to do something about that because that's not cool. Would you want that to happen to your daughter if your daughter was a mariachi singer? And everyone was just so quiet. And I remember 
just feeling like, okay, Isabel, get off your soapbox. But sometimes it's just, I can't control it. Like it just, it really irritates me. These comments that are just so piercing. Or sometimes I also notice it with some of uh, the friends, family or family members who have daughters and sons and the difference of like, oh yeah, you know, he can ride in a cab by himself because he's a boy or he's a little bit older. And like, yes, of course, safety. But I'm like, damn, there's something really wrong with that. Like there's really something wrong with the way that even just being a girl or being a woman in itself is dangerous here. And, and I don't want to get too into it, but like, there's a lot of, there's high rates of femicide here. The rates of femicide has, um, been pretty, pretty high here in Colombia. So this is a gender-based hate crime just for being a woman. And that number has gone up since COVID and the pandemic, which is really unfortunate, but Of course, we have to take care of our daughters and girls and even myself, like the example of like walking through the park in the middle of the day, but still very weary as like, okay, I'm the only, I'm the only woman here. And I'm in a, you know, in a safe part of town. I hate that I have to think about all of those things in this culture and well, even in the States too, when I would walk around New York city, I used to live in, um, in parts of Brooklyn that weren't always so safe, but even then I had to think about it or in my travels to India, I remember I had, I was meeting up with a friend and they hadn't gotten to the city yet. So we, so I was just walking around the city by myself and I went down the street and all of a sudden it was like, all of the men that worked there were coming out to the, just to like see, it was really freaky. They were just, I don't know if they were like coming out to see who was walking down the street, but I noticed I was the only woman. I was like, okay, and I'm going back where I came from. And I'm talking like 11 in the morning or even just riding trains with that are gender, like women only trains. And of course, I won't get into the details about India because I'm not as well versed. My experience of it was, again, kind of like, how come men get to occupy these public spaces and women do not? And I was in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. Well, maybe now like a month or two ago. And we were walking on the street and I remember a friend of mine, she was walking backwards because she was kind of giving us a little tour and there was a man coming uh, down the sidewalk and he like got mad that my friend didn't move for him. And it was something that like I would have probably moved versus no, I'm going to, I have every right to occupy this space in the sidewalk. I don't need to move just because this man is coming my way. And then I, and then it really got me thinking of like, oh my gosh, like how many times have I unconsciously done that? And not so much like, oh, we need to both get out of the way so that we don't bump into each other. But just like, there's this person coming straight ahead. How come he's not the one that's wanting to move and is seemingly so annoyed that somebody, a woman wouldn't move for him. And now 
maybe the same would have happened. He would have been just as annoyed if it would have been a man. I'm not sure. But that's where my mind goes of like, wait a minute, how many times have I moved out of the way with it being a man and just be more aware, just be more aware of it. And there, it's not like I'm going to beat myself up like, oh, you moved 20 times. Like, how could you do it? (laughs) You know, it's more of like, oh no, I have every right to occupy this space. I have every right to be in this park. I have every right to walk down the sidewalk and occupy public space. I have every right to be here. And, you know, as I'm saying all these things, that was something that I used to struggle with a little bit, especially in my corporate jobs. So many times, unless it was Telemundo, which is the Spanish language network where a lot of Latinos work, but outside of that sphere, I remember being many, many times, especially growing up in Minnesota as well, or, you know, going to school in Minnesota, it would be like, I'm the only woman or I'm the only Latina. And sometimes I was the youngest person and kind of that feeling of like, oh, can I take up space here? And feeling like I couldn't, or even if I did try to the mansplaining, don't even get me started about the mansplaining because it just irks me so much. (laughs) And it happens here too. The mansplaining in Colombia is just on a whole other level, but but we'll keep it to the U.S. right now. My experience in the U.S. of just like, can I take up space here? Can I take up the space in this boardroom without needing like I need to prove myself? I think that's a, a lot of the message that I got when I worked at Google especially was like, you have every right to be here, but like prove it, you know, like with this underline, like, no, prove that you're meant to be here. And it's like, no, I, you know, are, are men trying to prove something like do they have, do they experience this kind of same needing to prove that they belong there? It's kind of exhausting. Like it just got so tiring after a point that it's a beautiful reminder that no, I have every right to take up space, whether it's a boardroom, whether it's even on this podcast. Someone sent me stats the other day that I can't remember at the top of my head of like how the podcast pace is predominantly men. No, I have every right to be in this space, whether that's virtually, whether that's on the sidewalk, whether that's in the boardroom, whether that's in an office here in Columbia. You know, when I think about the comment of like, oh yeah, I don't like having women bosses. Bitch, please. I'm sorry. What? No, honey, no. <laughs> I It just gets me so mad. It's like, what basis do you have? I have had male bosses who are very emotional because that was what they're like. They're just so emotional. No, bitch. No, we're not. We are just have access to it. Maybe we talk about your repressed emotions and how as a society, there are a lot of repressed emotions. Now I'm all getting all fired up. It's hot in here. <laughs> as I'm saying all of this, and I want to switch gears a little bit. Y le quiero mandar un mensaje a cualquier persona que esté escuchando esto en español que las mujeres tienen, tienen todo el derecho para ser igual a los hombres. Y lo digo en términos legales, económicos, social, políticos. O sea, si una mujer quiere una cuenta bancaria, no tiene que ir a preguntarle al marido por permiso. Si una mujer quiere eh, caminar por el parque sin que nadie la mira, ella tiene todo el derecho a hacerlo. 
Cuando me refiero a que soy feminista y soy colombiana y, y que aunque mi experiencia ha sido diferente en los dos países, me refiero a eso. Me refiero a que yo me acuerdo hace unos años en, en Cartagena, uff, esto ya fue hace muchos años, estábamos en un paseo y estaba mi hermana, entonces queríamos... Eh, alquilar una lancha, entonces ella estaba hablando con un señor ahí, bueno, que cuántas horas, cuánto nos cobra, cuál, cuál es el precio, tan, entonces ella era la que estaba negociando con el, con el señor y apenas el señor voltea y dice que es que no, es que yo no hago negocios con mujeres, perdón, oigan a este, o sea, a eso es lo que me refiero a ser feminista, que si una mujer llega a negociar con un hombre que no tenga nada que ver eso, que, que los dos sean capaces de entrar a esa situación, que, que, la, que hay conductores malas que sean mujeres, sí, pero también hay muchos conductores malos que son hombres, eso no tiene nada que ver, o los chistes machistas, uff, a mí me estresa demasiado eso, hay un chiste que es que no, no, la mujer que le pegan es porque le gusta, ¿qué? ¿qué es eso tan feo? O sea, Estás diciendo que no importa lo que diga el hombre o lo que haga el hombre, es culpa de la mujer que le peguen porque ella le gusta. No, claro que no, claro que no. Esos son los chistes que me parecen de mal gusto. Y entre mujeres nos tenemos que apoyar en eso. O sea, ¿cómo, vas a, cómo vamos a seguir diciendo esas cosas? Yo lo veo también, digamos, mmm, si yo estoy con mi familia y yo digo, no, yo quiero, ya me voy para la casa. Si yo me voy para mi casa sola para estar sola, es como, ¡Oh! ¿cómo así? Pero, ¿cómo así? ¡Qué triste! <risa> Pero a mí me encanta estar sola y pasar tiempo a solas. Para mí eso me recarga. Pero si yo digo, no, es que me invitaron a tomar un café, un amigo me invitó a, a tomar café. Ah, bueno, no, sí, si sí es con un amigo, ahí sí. ¿Pero por qué? ¿Por qué importancia así es que el hombre en esta situación me esté dando valor y me esté dando permiso para salir de este, de este otro entorno? O sea, no es suficiente solo yo querer yo por, como mujer, como persona irme. No, tengo que tener, entre comillas, permiso porque un hombre me invitó a salir. No, no creo. Eso no me parece. O por ejemplo, también lo veo mucho en reuniones en familia, donde las mujeres son todas las que están atendiendo. No, venga, yo le traigo el plato. No, ¿qué quieres tomar? No, tal cosa. Ellos no tienen manos, no tienen brazos, no tienen piernas, no se pueden, al, pues no se pueden parar. Y entiendo también, no estoy diciendo que cada uno por su lado y no, pero es una, no es igual. No es igual, por cada vez que se pare un hombre para ir a llevarle cerveza a la esposa o a la pareja o a la tía o a la hermana, son 10 veces más que va la mujer a, a asegurarse de que el hombre esté bien y que el hombre tenga la comida y que el hombre coma, coma primero, que a mí me parece, pues, hace falta una necesidad de balance entre esas dos cosas. No, que el hombre trabaja muy duro y la mujer no. ¿Acaso la mujer tampoco está en oficina? O por ejemplo, lo veo también en las cifras en Estados Unidos y también en Colombia de que la mujer que tiene hijos tiene doble trabajo porque, bueno, la pareja llega a la casa y ¿quién es la que está pendiente de todo? La mamá. Son muy raras, o sea, es muy poca a la vez o rara a la vez que sea al revés. Entonces son cosas así que, 
que me frustran, me da como hay que, hay que hacer un cambio, pero esos cambios se generan dentro de uno mismo. ¿Yo cómo voy a responder a un chiste? ¿Yo ¿Qué chiste voy a contar? ¿Qué espacio social voy a habitar? ¿Sí me entiende? No sé si sí me hago entender en ese sentido que, que es una mezcla de muchas cosas, pero en realidad viene de uno mismo. Yo odio decir ese tipo de chistes machista, me estresa. O en situaciones donde me encuentro cuando, cuando yo fui a tomar café y que no me atendieron y después atendieron al señor, como que ahora estoy preparada para hacer algún comentario la próxima vez porque no me parece bien. Y si yo no hablo por mí, ¿quién, quién más va a hablar por mí? Esa es la cosa. O en el ejemplo de, de la cantante de mariachi, que ese es su trabajo, no. El trabajo de ella no es estar ahí defendiéndose de un viejo verde que quiere echarle los perros y está muy prendo, no. El trabajo de ella es ir a cantar. Ese es su único trabajo. Y qué lástima que fue mi hermana y yo quienes trataron de parar esa situación. Solo nosotras dos. Nadie más en la fiesta. Ningún otro hombre se paró a decir como, hey, man, estás muy pesado, sentate. Nadie. Y bueno, me, me da un poco de como rabia, como, ay, me enciendo, porque también esa rabia o ese sentimiento es mostrándome, ok, ¿qué puedo hacer yo? ¿Qué puedo cambiar? Obviamente no voy a cambiar a todo el mundo y obviamente pues solo me puedo enfocar en mí, pero la rabia es algo bueno, la rabia nos muestra qué está funcionando y qué no. La rabia no es algo malo, la rabia es algo que despierta como, hey, algo no está bien, es una alerta. Entonces yo creo que como sociedad podemos mejorar que sí, que esté en un taller y que la mujer diga, sí, que, que bueno que estemos aquí todas, que compartamos un espacio, que nos, tiempo, que nos demos tiempo para nosotras mismas. Claro que sí. Y no tener el miedo de decir, no, yo soy feminista, yo creo en los derechos de la mujer, en, el, en términos sociales, políticos, legales, económicos, que tengan los mismos derechos que un hombre. Eso no le quita que un hombre pueda ser caballero. Para mí no. Para mí no, pero bueno, así, así vamos moviendo un poquito el mundo para más igualdad a las mujeres, o así me parece, que las mujeres y las niñas tengan el mismo acceso a, a la educación y así vamos cambiando un poquito el mundo. Cuando yo digo que tengan los mismos derechos, piensen las niñas que pueden ir al colegio o no, o a qué edad están mandando a casarse las niñas en ciertos pueblos o barrios. Afortunadamente, Colombia este año legalizó el aborto. Por fin la mujer tiene derecho de, de decidir por su propio cuerpo. Bueno, vamos a ver en qué entorno está eh, la familia, la religión y todo eso, pero por lo menos ya tiene la opción de hacerlo si lo requiere y si lo necesita y si lo quiere. Ella puede decir sobre su cuerpo. Algo que en Estados Unidos, en ciertos estados, no se puede, que me parece una locura. Pero bueno, eso también es otro tema. <risa> Así que bueno, a las mujeres en Colombia y a los hombres también, te, te invito a considerar qué significa para ti ser feminista, que no es algo malo, que la sociedad también machista en el que vivimos y en el patriarcado nos ha inventado una historia de que eso es malo, de que es muy extremista, de que, quién sabe, el miedo, toda la vaina. Que no, yo como decir que soy feminista, entonces yo odio a los hombres. No, a mí me encantan los hombres. 
yo soy feminista y, y lo digo y yo quiero derechos para todos, para las niñas que tengan oportunidades, que tengan oportunidades de salir de los entornos de los cuales no siempre son muy buenos, que sean capaces de caminar por un parque sin miedo hasta mis 34 años que tengo que el otro día me dio un poquito de miedo y fue pucha, yo dije, pero porque si es, pues es en el día no, no me va a pasar nada, pero porque esa inseguridad que se siente yo quiero que todas las niñas sean capaces de salir así, un niño no va a sentir lo mismo, un hombre no va a sentir lo mismo, son cosas que no, no se consideran, no están pensando, así que los invito a, a empezar en el nivel eh, personal en su propio entorno, qué tipo de chistes estás diciendo, qué tipo de comentarios, cómo estás viendo tú a tu hija o a tu hijo diferente, en qué forma diferente, cómo puedo mejorar yo esta situación empezando con mi entorno. Y claro, hay muchas cosas que, que están fuera de nuestras manos. Cómo puedo enseñarle también a mis hijas que también tienen derecho de habitar estos espacios que pueden caminar por la calle y no se tienen que quitar porque viene otra persona caminando ahí, que se mueva lo, que se muevan los dos, ¿sí me entienden? Cuando yo digo soy feminista y pienso en la igualdad de los dos géneros, me refiero a eso, que, que si uno está caminando por la calle, que no sea la mujer que se tiene que mover, que sea un acto de los dos. Ah, ok, los dos venimos y nos chocamos. No, 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 cada uno se mueve. Y bueno, son pequeños detalles en nuestro día a día, en la forma en que vemos las cosas. Y claro, no estoy diciendo, no, es muy fácil no sé, eh, es muy fácil ser feminista y cambiar el chip y de una, porque no, a mí también me pasa. Yo empiezo a decir unas cosas y yo, ay, espere, yo ¿de dónde salió esto? ¿De dónde salí con esto? ¿Esto es mío? ¿Esta es la sociedad? esto es ¿Yo de verdad creo esto? Y cambiarlo desde, desde mi centro, desde mi ser. Y bueno, les dejo esa reflexión. <risa> los invito a pensar un poquito más en los chistes, en las creencias de, de cómo se debe interactuar con la mujer y con el hombre y, y ver cómo podemos mejorar para que nuestras niñas y nuestras mujeres no tengan miedo de salir al parque a las 3 de la tarde. Y bueno, los invito a, a reflejar un poco de cómo se puede adoptar un poco más esta igualdad para, para los hombres y mujeres y, y bueno, para las personas. No se trata solamente de hombres y mujeres, sino de incluir a todos en esto, que todos tengan los mismos derechos, que todos tengan eh, acceso a las mismas cosas. Eh, a eso es lo que me refiero a ser feminista. Y no es nada malo, no es ir en contra de otro grupo. No, de eso no se trata. Ok, so thank you for joining me and... I did jump around uh, Spanish and English a little bit, but the sentiment is there. That kind of fuel to the fire, that anger, that like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Something just is off. How do I do something about this from myself? And of course, like you, I caught myself doing it earlier of like, oh crap, I'm doing the joke. Like, no, um, this is a learning process, right? I, this is... 34 years of a school of thinking of a society that's very machista, the patriarch, all of these things. So how can we bring a little bit more of awareness into our day to day and go from there and evolve from there for our future sons and daughters and girls. And, you know, I think about education for girls worldwide. And fortunately, I think 
I, I am fortunate also to live in a place where I can go to school and I do have access to many things where that isn't always the case for other women and other girls. And so to anyone listening to this today, especially if you identify as a woman, you have full permission to take up space wherever that may be, whether that's in the workplace, on a podcast, and especially in your home with your family. You are there and you are there for a reason. Take up space. You are allowed to and go walk on that sidewalk like you are freaking amazing because you are freaking amazing. Okay, now I'm just going <laughs> to signing off where I like get started again because I could literally be here for hours. I get so excited about talking about these things and these discussions are important. And thank you for following me along this ride. All right. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Your Latina Mentor podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with friends and family. If we aren't friends on social media yet, go check out Instagram at Your Latina Mentor or check out the website yourlatinamentor.com and we will see you on the next episode. Talk soon.